Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, Kimmy. <laughs> hey, Dan. Happy Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday, yeah. Mardi Gras. Tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. It is. We get to walk around and have everybody look at us funny and tell us that we have something on our forehead only yes. to realize a moment later, later in a forehead slapping moment, it's Ash Wednesday and we're yes. Catholic. And they forgot. And they forgot. And yeah, I've had that happen so many times. Like the, oh, shoot, it's Ash Wednesday. Where do I go for mass? <laughs> <laughs> People... People treat Ash Wednesday as like the highest holy day. Yeah. It's really funny. Actually, do you know it's the highest um, day of, or the day where the highest rate of young adults go to Mass? Really? Yeah. Are there, do you know why? I mean, well, Christmas and Easter are still higher, but they go with their families. Yeah. So it's the highest day where, um, or the highest rate of young adults that go by themselves to Mass is Ash Wednesday. Oh, huh, that's really interesting. We should give out ashes more often. Yeah. So what's your what's your favorite shape? Oh, favorite shape of ashes. I mean, I always long for like the perfect cross. When I was okay, when I was little, I never really thought about it as being particularly vain, but now I realize it was. Yeah. So we would get our ashes, right? And then we would like get the bathroom pass and go in the bathroom and like use water to like shape up our ashes <laughs> to make it look more like a cross. I said you'd come back from the bathroom and the teacher would be like, Kimmy, your your ashes are looking <laughs> stunning today. And that was the teacher gave them to you so they know you you messed with them. <laughs> no, I this is probably not in the spirit of Lent, but one time when I was working at a high school I still work at a high school when I was working at a different high school. I got very zealous in my application of ashes. Oh, no. And I may have gone from the top of someone's forehead <gasps> down their nose ridge. Oh, my gosh. So it was a little bit like war paint, which I was, in in fairness, I was doing unto my neighbor as I would have them do unto me. Because <laughs> I'm a fan of big ashes. I don't like little ashes. I like there being no mistake. I got my ashes that day. Well, and you did, actually. You... Because you do that. One time at CCM Mass, you kind of found out that I was going to be a minister of the ashes ahead of time. You were like, Kimmy, I'm going to come to you. Give me big ashes, like full forehead. That's because I knew you wouldn't be cheap. I knew you'd give me my money's worth. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I gave you a little reminder, which, again, probably not in the spirit of the liturgy, but (laughs) it's a special day. Well, I think Um, you did it before the Mass started. Okay. I I didn't. my My memory is of reminding you. Really? At the moment. No, in <laughs> fact, awesome. now that I think about it, that was another Ash Wednesday with another friend. Oh. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we should also share our worst ashes. I think my worst ashes were the Simba. The Simba? I call it the Simba because it was, he didn't really get the vertical very much, but he got the full horizontal. Right. So like Rafiki and the Lion uh, King. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. No, that I can deal with the Simba. Like, I don't mind the Simba. It, 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 missing the vertical does bother me a little bit, but mine would be the thumbprint, mm. like just a little. I mean, mm. like I gotta ask myself, did you even try? Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> come on. 
especially if you have a little thumb. I mean, if you've got a big thumb and you want to do the thumbprint, I'll give you a pass. But if you have a little thumb, you really got to work at it. Otherwise, yeah. people are, are going to, they're going to have to go to Mass again or an Ash Wednesday service again. To get the full cross? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, anything more than a pinprick of ashes. But, so I, I remember learning for the first time that Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. Yeah. And hearing a friend tell his mother, it, it, it like almost as like a joke to see what she would do and say. He's like, Mom, Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. And her response was, was perfect. Well, in this house it is. <laughs> and it, it didn't matter whether the church says or not. It is for that family. So, but so Lent is not all about ashes, though. In fact, it's really not about making people know or letting people know what you're doing. Uh, but let's talk about Lent and really why the church gives us this season. Yeah. So what, when you enter into Lent, Kimmy, what are you thinking of? And what's your, in a sense, your spiritual posture? Yeah. Well, I think, I think when I go into Lent, I'm thinking ahead to the Triduum. Um, and that's the fancy name for the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that's <clears throat> the culmination. Um, after Lent ends, that's what Lent has prepared us for. And so <clears throat> I, I really think that when I enter into Lent, I'm already looking ahead to that. And I'm seeing Lent as a time to prepare myself to draw into that more deeply. Um, and so that's kind of the approach I've taken to it. So how is this, I hope I'm not skipping ahead too much, but how do the things you engage in as practices during Lent, so works of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, how do those prepare you to, I guess, receive the graces of the Triduum more? And if you want to wait until later in the show to answer that, you can. Yeah, let's let's first talk about what the Catechism tells us about Lent okay. before we start talking about that. Sure. Because that's um, that'll make more sense when we start talking about our our fun ideas. Okay, perfect. For Lent, but uh, the Catechism. You want to tell us a little bit about what the Catechism tells us about Lent? Sure. So I will just read. This is Catechism, paragraph fourteen thirty four. The interior penance of the Christian can be expressed in many and various ways. Scripture and the Fathers insist above all on three forms, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which express conversion in relation to oneself, to God, and to others. So we'll, we'll stop there. That's not the entire paragraph, but we'll start with that. And to me, it kind of all comes to a head with the, uh, the ending there. These things express conversion in rela relation to oneself, to God, and to others. And mm. when one of the things I... I love anytime I'm reading is when I read over something that I'm pretty sure I've read before and there's a word that jumps right off the page to me and I say like that wasn't there last time yeah. and this is one of those times because I was immediately made aware that conversion is not just something that happens to us it's a process that we engage in and that we say yes to and so these the, the forms of penance that the church invites us to they are, you could say, the baby steps of drawing closer to God. They're the first steps we take in really participating in the, in the conversion. So the Lord is saying, mm -hmm. I want to turn your heart back to me. I want to turn your heart back to others mm -hmm. and away from things which do not satisfy. And so our response then is engaging in more prayer, which is really engaging in greater dialogue with God and engaging in more fasting 
which we'll, we'll look at a little bit more later, and engaging in more almsgiving, which turns us back to our our neighbor. And so do you want to talk about the, I guess, the ways in which this expresses conversion in relation to ourself, to God, and to others? Yeah, and that's kind of what you were asking me before, too. Um, so when you when you give something up, when you fast from something, it's like pulling something out of yourself. I like to imagine that, like, imagine my heart and then um in my heart there's this little little nook and cranny where chocolate lives <laughs> right <laughs> and so when i give up chocolate for lunch if if that's what i choose that particular year i'm opening up that part of my heart and i'm leaving a hole there that's ready to be filled by god gotcha and so i'm changing part of me in order to welcome in more of the lord so what happens if it's more than a little nook and cranny Oh, then that's a huge conversion, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, this just struck me that you're talking about giving up something that's good. There's nothing wrong with yeah. eating chocolate. There are probably, in all of us, things that occupy our heart, meaning the uh, the depth of our being where we almost, we establish our identity with the things we enjoy, the things we like to do, our mm-hmm. talents, our hobbies, our skills, our notions of ourselves and of others. There are probably a lot of those things which are not objectively good. And so, whereas it, like a healthy appreciation of chocolate will, do, will never harm your relationship with God, plenty of these things, if we give them up, will, and we continue to give them up after Lent, yeah. will only continue to enrich our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, so there's the whole argument there of, do you give up something that is sinful? Um, or are you giving up something that is good for a greater good? And I think the answer to both is yes. <laughs> like if you're doing something sinful, yeah, give it up and, and keep giving it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> but um, I think the, the point of this is to give up something good. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the goal. That's the ideal is to give up something good for something better. That's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Because if you were, let's say you've kind of, you've arrived, you're really holy. And you don't have a lot of sin that you got to root out of your life. You, there's still good things you can give up mm-hmm. for the better part. Uh, I, re- I really like the way you put that. So that, all right, that kind of fixes our relation with ourselves. It puts us in right order. How about prayer? Well, prayer is, is that turning to God. It's, um, I think St. Therese of Lisieux talks about it as that turning to God, that dialogue with God. And and so ultimately, our relationship with him is prayer. That's what prayer is. And so um, being able to enter into that and grow that and strengthen that and build that up really uh, develops that relationship and that conversion to God because you're developing the relationship you have with him. I remember speaking with my students uh, at a high school once using the analogy of a really any kind of friendship or relationship with prayer as you said being i mean it it constitutes the relationship without if you don't pray it's hard to to make the argument that you have anything more than let's say a superficial relationship with god in the Mm -hmm. same way that if you say you're friends with someone but you never talk to them you have a superficial friendship with that person yeah whereas the the greater the friendship the more contact you have, the more intimacy you have, the more in communion you are with mm-hmm. that person because of your dialogue. 
And then when we bring that a step further and we talk about the relationship with a lover, I mean, there's even just the gazing. Yeah. The, like the, the look of love in silence and the, the just being near. That that in and of itself is part of the relationship. Right. And then... In a sense, then you're you're saying with the eyes what your what the words fail to say. Mm-hmm. The the look of of love uh, conveys to the other the depth of, of feeling and longing and kinship and communion. And so I think that that's another like a, a next step of prayer, of of being in that place of of such nearness and closeness and desiring to be with God, that you're able to enter into that silence. Yeah, and that just being with. Absolutely, and becoming almost becoming comfortable. I, I mean, almost when you're with a stranger, like the the typical elevator greeting stare, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable so standing awkward. next to you. So I'm gonna make a funny face, and then we just there's this understanding. Yeah, let's not talk. <laughs> We've already gotten that out of the way. I said hi. What uh, else do you want? Yeah, and the the hardest part is really breaking the ice, and then learning to be with somebody. As, mm-hmm. That's kind of the the initial start of friendship, and so if if you're in a place where prayer is uncomfortable for you, it, I mean, it could be a couple of things, but it might just be you are learning to move past the awkwardness of, of silence in another's presence. And that mm-hmm. silence is the Lord listening to you. Yeah. So how about almsgiving? What does almsgiving do for us with relation to our neighbor? Yeah, well, we have the need to help the less fortunate and so almsgiving is a way to, to give with the stewardship of your money and your time for the benefit of others. That's, I, I don't know if what the actual definition of almsgiving is, but that's my understanding of it at least. Um, and I think, I think both are important. It's both the time and the money. Yeah, because you might, depending on where you are in life, you are going to have more of one than the other. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the widow's might. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, how, how hard is it for you to give? How deep are you digging in your own wallet, whether that's your social, your wallet of social capital or, mm-hmm. uh, or financial? And then taking the time to, I mean, it's one thing to write a check and send it to somebody. It's another to, to bring food and compassion and contact to somebody who's lonely. Mm-hmm. Well, and at some points in your life, it might not make sense for you to be giving financially. Uh, I know, remembering in college where, you know, no money was coming in. Money was just coming out. Right, yeah. No. <laughs> it wasn't really the time for extensive monetary almsgiving. Right. But it was a definite time for me to give of my the hours of the day back to the church. Right. So even if, yeah, even if there's not a lot of money, and that could be at any, at any point in your life, college especially, but in college, you especially have time if you're not very busy working. Uh, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to, to not have to have a job because I went to school close to home. So mm-hmm. I lived at home. I didn't live on campus. And I had a scholarship. So I could really put myself into my studies. But that meant I had a lot of extra time. And so I looked at it as I needed to be giving my time to the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with almsgiving, one other thought here is... It, I don't think it's just about giving to the poor, but I think it's also about supporting the structures that form us in our faith. So I think so often our generation is more quick to give to a charity mm-hmm. than we are to give to the Catholic Church. 
Um, and I think this is, it's important to remember that both are important, you know, right. that supporting the organization that may helps us to grow in our faith and in our community is important as well as reaching out to the poorest of the poor and Absolutely. those around us. Right. Um, and so I think it's a both and. I don't think I don't think we can look at almsgiving as just one or the other. Yeah. The, the church is the womb which formed us. And if that, we might, we might identify with some charity that, that we got involved with in college or at another point in life and really feel called to give to them and support them. But that never would have happened. That step wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. And it won't happen for another generation if that support's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the, the best or perhaps worst things you've ever heard that you can fast from? <laughs> well, uh, funny you ask that, Dan. I, uh, well, I found this awesome article a couple years ago on things you should give up for Lent. It was put out by uh, catholicvote.org. And I think this list is just hilarious. So I think it'd be fun to kind of go through some of those with you. Sure. <clears throat> um, and hopefully as we, as we touch on these, you in the audience listening will, will come up with, even if, if this doesn't resonate with you, is something that you think you need to do, then it might give you an idea. And you might say, hey, you know what? That's kind of like this thing. And that thing has a much bigger piece of my heart and a much bigger piece of my life than it mm. should. So I'll go with that. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into our list, Kimmy. Yes. So number one, sweets. And if you aren't a sweets person, you aren't a human being with a soul. That is 100% true. <laughs> I think it's somewhere in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how uh, true Over it in is. Proverbs? Yeah. Yeah. We knew, like, we knew that before Jesus came. So. <laughs> So the next one is is quite related. In fact, this one, this probably would be more likely to end up in the new te- in the Old Testament rather. Um, salt. It is shocking how boring food is without salt. Mm. As some, I really really like to cook, and the difference between that I've noticed between my food being just blasé and and being like wow that's better than than I would buy at most restaurants is the the seasoning including salt Mm. yeah that's true so if you are a coffee person i think you'd give up cream and sugar yeah you could give up coffee entirely but that could be a disservice to those around you yes and that would kind of take away from the whole almsgiving idea absolutely my (laughs) my number one rule during lent is that my penance cannot become a penance for other people Uh, because then is as you said that does not help us get in right relation with our neighbor, which is really one of the goals of penance. And so if you out there listening, if you're like, I'll give up coffee, that's a horrible idea. If you have kids or someone you are married to or you work close by, if you're a hermit and you want to give up coffee, go for it. <laughs> Otherwise, please think very, very carefully about what you're doing. And and as someone who is an avid coffee drinker who does frequently give up coffee for Lent and Advent, it is... Um, there is a way to do it where you wean yourself off by drinking things like black teas and stuff like that yeah, that are yeah. less appetizing but help you get off the curb without being a terror to others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't even want to try that, and, you know, with good reason, uh, you can just drink it black yeah, for Lent. there you go. 
Or if you like a black, drink it with cream and sugar. My dad's <laughs> that way. He thinks it's penitential to put cream and sugar in his coffee. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. All right, what's the next one? Um, well, it says to give up the Frozen soundtrack. Frozen So I would say now we could update this to Moana. And you could give up the Moana soundtrack. So if you can recommend to your children that they give that up if you need a break from that. Or maybe you could, as a penance, allow them to continue singing oh whatever soundtrack goodness. they want. So let's see. Put in The Little Mermaid for the 14th time today. Oh. So this one, if you are a sports junkie, sports center, we are just about to enter into March Madness. And so... We will make the bold recommendation. In <laughs> um, this one, I'm gonna, I'll be serious for a moment with this one. Uh, okay. Just a moment, because I can't stand much longer than that. But sports takes up so much time. And we, I mean, this is really, for a lot of people, this is the god of their Sunday during football season. And yeah. during basketball season, uh, they give it just as much time. It's just spread out over the week. And th- I, this is perhaps the lowest hanging fruit in our culture of where we could really change the way we live and have a much more Catholic culture. And that's how we spend our Sundays and how we spend our leisure time. To me, in particular, this one, it's like an excuse that everybody has for turning away from their children and their their spouses to, to just kind of do their own thing. And in, within reason and... Uh, I think in moderation, it's okay. But at least for me, I really can't even start going down this rabbit hole or I end up spending 42 straight hours watching. I mean, it's a, it's mm. a bit like how some people binge watch TV. I can binge watch sports. Yeah. Well, and right after that, it's just your NCAA bracket. So if you were, if you're a college basketball pro, I was never really that into this because I, I never thought I could guess I mean, it's like 64 different variables. I never was under the impression that I could correctly guess that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if that's your thing and you find yourself checking that, like, every time you go to the bathroom or, or whenever you have a free moment, uh, perhaps that's something you could give up. Mm-hmm. Are you into uh, bracketology? No, and... not at all. I'm, I'm sure that if I got really into it I would get really into it I have that kind of personality where I can very easily obsess about something um but no I've I've never gotten into that yeah but um (laughs) giving up television so okay so a lot of these are like going back to like prayer fasting and almsgiving and talking about almsgiving and giving your time as well as your money a lot of these are looking at where do you spend, not only where is your heart, but where do you spend the most time? Yeah. And and lo- taking a better look at that and, and wondering how much more of that time can I give back to God? And so television, Netflix, Hulu, giving one of those up could be a huge aid to opening up yourself to what the Lord can do in those 40 days. Yeah. Is there So is there a show right now that you feel like you might be called to give up for Lent? Me? Yes. Oh, I'm still watching Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. But I think for me it would be, it would be giving up all of Netflix. Okay, so like not it just wouldn't, one show. it wouldn't be because if I just give up one show, um, I mean I know that I don't, so I don't watch stuff when it comes out. 
right. I tend to watch it the whole season once the whole season's out, and then yeah. I slowly work. Well, hopefully, slowly work through <laughs> the uh, the season. Um, so for me, it would have to be giving up all of Netflix or all of Hulu for gotcha. forty days. I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. I don't I don't like to watch. I like to binge watch. I'll be honest. I'm not I'm not the kind of person that lets my life be controlled by a TV schedule. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it like eight o'clock on a Sunday night and be like, oh, I can't wait. Like no, I I want to watch it at my convenience when it fits into my schedule. Yeah. So, yeah. That's just me though. Well, binge watching might be the thing to give up too. Yeah. Like it could be not giving up all of Netflix or all of Hulu, but you're only allowed to watch two shows in a row. Right. Rationing yourself. Kind yeah. of like the same con or the, the same idea of if you always eat an entire bag of potato chips, you could limit yourself to a single serving. Yeah. Yeah, which I may or may not have done the other day. Really? Yeah, it was actually popcorn, but But like one of those big bags? Uh, big is relative. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, name brand whatever. Giving up name brand whatever and just going with the store-bought Publix or Walmart or Target brand. Target brand is actually pretty good. But yeah. Instead of getting that awesome, fluffy toilet paper, you know, going with the single-ply wonderfulness yes and then in, including or like right up there with the additional penance then you have the leftover money and you could use that for increased almsgiving if uh, if that works for you this, well this actually reminds me that that's a really good idea dan but this actually reminds me of something i did one lent where i i did something a little too ambitious and so i don't recommend doing the full thing uh, i it was called the lenten sense marathon and so it was like trying to um give up things that adhere to different senses ah. of like so smell sight hearing you know the different um pleasures of your life that deal with the different senses and so um you would add more as lent got on and so you ended up doing all this stuff so that's the part that i, I don't recommend doing but one of the things that was in that marathon for me for smell was using men's shampoo Oh. Instead of women's shampoo. So does it have a different scent or no scent? Well, first of all, it was very difficult for me to find a shampoo that was not a women's, like, fruity smell. Yeah. That did not have, like, a cologne smell to it. Because I wasn't going to go around smelling like a man. Or a teenage boy. Because that's who uses <laughs> this This is true. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Um, so instead I found something that was not scented, but it was, like, off-brand, and it was low-quality. And so... Um, about after a week of using it, my hair just didn't feel like it normally did. It wasn't soft. It wasn't shiny. It wasn't, so it, it was definitely a sacrifice for yeah. me. I was surprised at how much of a sacrifice it was. So next would be social media. We don't even need to go into this. You know who you are. You do it too much. Spend more time praying. <laughs> And you can also give up Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, that falls under sweets. So don't, if you gave up sweets, like, be broad, be honest with yourself. Don't be like, well, I gave up some sweets, not all sweets. It's, it's amazing how much you can rationalize with yourself when you're starving and, you, you like, you have a craving for something. Yes. You'd be like, well, 
Saturday at 3 p.m. is practically Sunday if we're going on the Jewish <laughs> calendar. So I can yeah. watch Downton Abbey and I can eat my chocolate and drink my wine. <laughs> so next one, pillow. Could you give up your pillow? I don't know that I can. I don't think I could. B. That would be really hard. I, like, I feel like it would take a long time to get used to. I, 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 I don't think I gave up my pillow, but one Lent, Kelly Lyons and I gave up our beds, and we slept on the floor during all of Lent. I don't know. Did you ever do that? I, did, I could probably handle that before giving up the pillow, because which doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't, but for some reason, you can adjust more to that and having your pillow on the floor Yeah. than sleeping on your bed without the pillow. I'll take I feel your like we're talking it. about very radical things right yeah, now. Yeah, perhaps. Let's do, maybe let's find some easier things on this <laughs> list. So fast food, I, we could probably all give that up. I mean, yeah. if like, just fast for a couple hours until you get home. Yeah, this would, this would be particularly hard for me with my schedule because I would lump um, not only unhealthy fast food, but I found some places where you can get decent food yeah. for pretty fast. But for me, fast food is like, it's a whole time management thing. Right. You know, and that would be what was so difficult for me, but it would be putting more thought into how I was spending my day and my life and my time. Yeah. And it, it that could also be a very easy way to carve a little bit more out of your budget if you wanted to increase almsgiving. Just change the type of food you eat so that you're not paying people to prepare it for you. You're preparing it yourself and you have extra money. Yeah. Well, I think we only have time for like one more. Okay. I don't know if you want to. Choose the last one. I'm going to go with sarcasm. I think I, I remember someone telling me once sarcasm is from the pits of hell. And the more I try to be nice to people, the more I realize sarcasm has very little room in a, I would say, a, a relationship where I desire someone's goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how about you? Yeah. Well, I like the whole... You mean sarcasm? Yeah. Or, I mean, or in general, like one last thing you, you thinking of giving up. One last thing I'm thinking of giving up. Well, I'm actually thinking of doing. Ah, that's even better. Um, and I'm thinking of making sure that I carve the right amount of time to daily prayer out um, of my daily routine. Yeah. But um, hopefully this gave you some ideas of of different things that you could do tomorrow it went starts and um it's always good to to just sit with the lord with Indeed. these ideas yeah so tonight grab some donuts <laughs> eat them and enjoy them because tomorrow we fast <laughs> so thank you for joining us everybody we hope that lent is an awesome time for you and you draw near to the lord even more please please pray for us and we will pray for you god bless you bye Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.